Hello, and welcome to Me, My Thoughts, and I podcast. Some of you might be confused and you're like, uh, isn't this an unlikely friendship podcast? Yes and no. Um, due to some unforeseen circumstances, I am going to be continuing this podcast solo. It has nothing to do with mine and Charity's friendship, but also nothing that I'm going to be speaking on publicly. Um, and since the whole point of this podcast was to show mine and Charity's friendship and how we became friends and we can stay friends with different beliefs, obviously, like, that's not happening anymore. So I needed to pivot the brand of this podcast, hence the new name, logo, etc. Um, I will still be having guests on the podcast that share different beliefs and opinions as me, but this podcast is going to be pivoting into more of like a mental health and wellness podcast with a touch of current events and random thoughts that I have. Um, and we all know that I have crazy thoughts and I have a lot of thoughts. So stay tuned for that. Um, and thanks so much for everyone who reached out, um, either on Instagram or text message to me, encouraging me to keep going even solo with this podcast. This podcast is my baby. Um, I love doing it. I love getting messages from everybody uh, saying that they relate to what I say and it just means so much to me. So thank you so much for everybody who reached out to me. Now, with that being said, today I do have my first guest in this new little solo era, um, the lovely Amalie McLean. Um, but before you listen to this episode, I wanna give a trigger warning. We are going to be discussing pregnancy, fertility, and miscarriage briefly towards the end of the episode. Um, and if you look at the description for this episode, I have the timing of our discussion so that you can skip it if you want, or feel free to end it um, at that time. It's, again, towards the end of the episode, so I'm not offended if you cut it off there. Um, please, if you do not feel as though you want to listen to that discussion or that subject is triggering for you, I'm not offended if you skip it or end the episode there. Um, I never want anybody to feel like they have to listen to something that really upsets them. So um, thank you so much for listening. And I really hope that you enjoy this episode. So we have, I can never say your name. I'm not French. Amélie. Amélie. Yeah. Amélie That's McLean. like when you say, yeah, lovely. Is McLean your married name? Yeah. What's your maiden name? Uh, Goudreau. Goudreau. Yeah. Yeah, I like McLean. Yeah, I think it fits. <laughs> yeah. Cute. Um, um, Emily is, uh, I always call you Emily, and I don't mean to, but it's because I say it so quickly that I'm like, I need to just slow down and say your name. Um, is a yoga teacher right? Um, she teaches yoga currently at Align Wellness, where we both work. Um, I work there part-time, but um, she's also working on her holistic nutrition. Um, they call it a diploma. Diploma with Pacific Rim. Um, I'm trying to remember your introduction because I don't have my notes if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. Yoga teacher, pre and postnatal certified. Um, Travel girly. If you follow yeah. her on TikTok. Yeah, into travel. I really like to just take one big bulk trip, you know, do like three weeks mm -hmm. in one year and then just I like be to done. do that too. Yeah. 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 You just really disconnect. Mm -hmm. Hang out, do your thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so today we have a super interesting topic and we're going to talk about um, birth control, cycle tracking, hormones, which is a really popular topic. Uh, that a lot of people have requested us to talk about. Um, 
and I have a lot of like my own personal experience with my hormones. I would say, how old am I? I'm turning 27 this year. It wasn't until like the last two years that I felt like my hormones were actually under control and my whole life I just was like up and down like all the classic like hormone imbalance symptoms and and whatever comes with that. So I think a lot of people will be really interested to listen to this and hear what you have to say. Um, most of it is your notes because I am not educated in this. I just have my own personal experience, which I also feel like is different for everybody. So um, yeah, I guess when we first started talking about this, the like main points that came up is just um, firstly, the importance of cycle tracking. I don't think a lot of people understand how important it is to track your cycle. Yeah. Do you want to just clarify what that means? Because I feel like I didn't know what that meant until I was on TikTok, on cycle tracking TikTok. And now I'm like a cycle tracking girly. But I feel like I didn't know anything about it until like recently. I've never actually been on cycle tracking TikTok. Oh, really? <laughs> will like be now. <laughs> um, so yeah, essentially what we're looking at so you can start from a really broad perspective where you're just looking at the four phases and if you're on any type of birth control you're not going to have the ovulatory phase however you can still monitor your symptoms so you can do this from a phase-to-phase basis or you can look at it from a day-to-day basis and what you're essentially looking at is the ebbs and flows that are happening in your cycle and how that's affecting you because hormones are a part of us and the easier it's easier to live knowing that they're a part of us and accepting the fluctuations instead of fighting against the tide so with cycle tracking you can learn when you ovulate and you get to actually know how many days your cycle is offhand and this comes really beneficial for when you have big meetings coming up or maybe you have a trip planned or maybe you're just an entrepreneur who's looking to kind of move with the cycle because your mind is more active during the first two phases of your cycle as opposed to the two last phases. Now, depending on who you're talking to, the menstrual is kind of your phase one. It starts day one to however many days. And that's when you're on your period, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when so that can be considered that number one phase and then your follicular phase is the second but if you really start understanding cycle tracking you could really see that your follicular and your ovulatory phase are kind of a match and then your luteal and your menstrual phase are together so it's kind of like two big chunks and within that you can really follow the ebbs and flows so yeah like long story short cycle tracking is just a way to empower your body and kind of find this act of self-love for yourself Mm -hmm. i feel like once i started i'm not like really into cycle tracking but i know when i ovulate i know like what my body needs during different phases but i have no idea like what the luteal phase is i don't know any of that um i just know like okay, right before my period, I know that I get really tired. Um, And I think I posted to my private Snapchat story the other day, which is just my private vlog. Um, (laughs) My friends probably truly hate me because it's like I spam it. Um, And I was talking about how people who menstruate should have like two to three sick days a month. uh, Because like the other day on Friday, I was on my period and I was so tired. I could not keep my eyes open. Friday was yesterday. Yesterday. (laughs) 
I could not keep my eyes open. And so I have to go into the office on those days because if I don't, I will sleep all day. Yeah. Um, and that's the only way I can keep myself awake. Um, but I was like, it would be so nice if I didn't have to waste one of my sick days that people who don't have periods get the same amount of um, just because I have like these issues when I'm on my period. So I think that if, if I'm ever prime minister, that is my first law that I will pass. <laughs> and there's a, a lot of really great things going on in the world to support the cycle. However, it's just slowly being introduced. Mm -hmm. And those people who do have the luxury to take, you know, day one and day two off, it's really a good time to just chill. Like you don't want to be pushing yourself. So even the fact that you're going to work, you have to think about it like your body's detoxing during this time. Mm -hmm. You are shedding layers of your skin. So beyond that, everything else is a lot for your body to tackle. I um and and you'll notice, and this once again is your hormones, but you kind of become more introverted, and this is a really great time to reflect. So if we're trying to push, we're essentially just fighting a tide where we're not taking that time to hone in, reflect, maybe take a warm bath. Mm -hmm. and just take care of ourselves because this gives us grace we don't run on a 24-hour clock people who menstruate so the time for us to really rest and restore is when we're menstruating yeah and i think i saw on tiktok and i should not take my health information from tiktok but i found this really interesting i think it was someone who works in this field who said like men or people without um periods they do run on a 24-hour cycle whereas we don't and so that's why we can't be expected to do the same things as like, I can't be expected to do the same things as Paulo um, or have the same kind of energy. Like Paulo could just be exhausted one day and he could be up and ready to hike a mountain the next day where I'm like, it's, it takes me like three to five days to feel normal after my period. Um, but he doesn't get that. So I think that that's important that you said that, that we don't run on that 24 hour clock. Like we don't just say it's going to get better tomorrow because it's, not like yeah it doesn't just change like that yeah and if you look at the fluctuations of somebody who runs off a 24-hour clock it's a lot more balanced because even i'll notice if i'm in my follicular phase so we have menstrual phase we'll say anything between essentially 21 to 34 days um give or take is always known as a good cycle so if you do look at a 28 day cycle day one to day five approximately you're menstruating and day and then day six to about 14, this is your follicular phase. And next time you menstruate, take a look at those extra days after your period and you just start feeling overall just better. Your ideas are flowing, more energy, you're more creative. And this is our time as menstruating beings to do that work, to go hike that mountain, to do whatever that people on 24 hour clocks can kind of do at any point of the month. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So just like if we think about it, so now we're in our follicular phase, essentially during your follicular phase, your egg is getting ready to go down. It's coming from your ovary. There's a few and then there's one good egg that kind of ends up coming into the uterus. And this is your ovulatory phase. So this is when you're really glowing. Some people do experience some pain it's my when they're ovulating. favorite time of the month when I ovulate. I'm not even joking. I It's like one to two days where I feel like my absolute very best ever in my entire life. I'm like, nothing could bring me down yeah. when I'm ovulating, but that's what it's supposed to be. Like, mm -hmm. you're supposed to want to, like, 
get pregnant. So yeah. of course that makes sense. But Paula will always say like, you're so happy today. I'm like, yeah, I'm ovulating. <laughs> I love ovulating as well. Anything yeah. in my follicular phase and then into ovulation. Yeah, I feel great. And I really plan for those days. Those days are when I get the most done. Uh, maybe meal prep a little bit more, maybe have a little bit more of social time because I do mm -hmm. feel a lot more social. And then, so when you're ovulating, when you're looking at a 28 day cycle and then depending on how many days, so let's say you're a 30 day or a 32 day, your days are going to back up by two. So if you're ovulating and you're trying to conceive, you're actually wanting to try on day 12, 14 and 16. So if you're on date, if you're a 30 day cycler, then it's 14, 16, and 18. So you're kind of backing it up or moving forward throughout those days. But then, so do you have to, you have to really know your cycle to know what those days are, right? Like I, I do kind of track my cycle a little bit and I know when I ovulate, but I don't really know, I guess, how long my cycle is. Like I, yeah. I know when I ovulate, but only because I know my body and I can feel it, not because I track the days. Mm -hmm. um, I only really track the days in the, the sense that like I know when my period's going to start roughly. Like mm -hmm. it roughly starts around the same time every single month, give or take like a couple of days. Um, and I guess I could just, I sound really stupid saying this because I could just look back and just count the days in between. Um, but Yeah. I don't know. Do you have I'm an app or anything? No, I used to, but I can't stick to it. Okay. So I have, and I'm, I'm really lucky because I am a very regular Me too. menstruating person. Yeah. And all I do is I, I actually have a Fitbit app and I use that one. And so because I've been using it for the last two years, it essentially knows exactly when I'm going to menstruate and then when I ovulate. So if you look at any, and there's tons of cycle tracking. I have a, a friend, I think the one she uses is cycle. I, I'd have to reference it, but there's flow as well. So there's quite a few that people use. And the Fitbit one is just something that I've really stuck with. Mm -hmm. I like the Apple Watch one or it's just like the health app but then yeah. on my apple watch um sometimes it'll give me like when i was tracking regularly i'll go through phases like i'll do a whole year of tracking and then mm -hmm. i'll fall off for like five years um I mean, that's exaggerating but you know what i mean um and it'll give me notifications being like your period's gonna start tomorrow or you're ovulating or whatever um and i really like that but i didn't find it was super accurate because i wasn't super consistent um, I, I felt like it was telling me I was ovulating when I know for a fact I was not ovulating. <laughs> right. Um, cause realistically, the only <clears throat> thing that I do is when I'm menstruating, I go into Fitbit and Fitbit will have my, uh, my, uh, cycle predicted and it'll be like, is this correct that you're on your period? I literally press yes, or I edit it. And then I don't look at it until I feel the need to. Right. So within that, it also calculates your ovulation, which is always in the middle. Should, if your follicular and luteal phase are kind of the proper lengths, should be in the middle of your cycle. And then this is when you can look at what may be going on, because if your luteal or your follicular phase are shorter or longer than they should be, then you can look deeper and kind of see why that might be. And it may be because of hormone imbalances or it could also be um, some people have PCOS. It could be for various reasons, but only this is when you would want to kind of 
work with a health professional maybe or start implementing um, very simple things like exercise and nutrition. And this is not even cycle seeding or any of that sorts. It's just looking at increasing your antioxidants, your fruit, veg, and then exercising very lightly and getting sleep. Like all those things do wonders Mm -hmm. on your hormones. Yeah. And I think like your body really tells you what it needs. Cause I noticed that once I started paying attention to this, I started realizing like, oh, I crave this more this time of the month. When I'm on my period, I crave like, um, I crave carbs. I crave things that give me energy. And I try to like really pay attention to what I want and eat not, I don't eat like crap, but if I want something, I try to like listen to it. So if I want carbs, I'll try and add a little bit more carbs because obviously I feel like I need that in my body if that makes sense but i find that if you like really listen to your body and you pay attention um it will tell you what it needs but so having said that when i was in a constant state of stress i couldn't listen to my body because my body was just constantly in stress so it constantly wanted like sugar and carbs and like all the things that are unhealthy for me because it was just like chaos (laughs) And I don't know if that makes sense. And I don't know if that's like a medical thing, um, but that's definitely what happened for me. Like I, it wasn't until I started sleeping eight hours a night and like I got myself out of like a really toxic relationship and I could finally like calm down mm-hmm. and I wasn't just constantly like living in chaos that my body started to kind of calm down and go back to normal, I guess, if that makes sense. A hundred percent. And stress, I think a lot of people you know, underplay the factors that it has on your health Mm -hmm. and you being in such a critical state of stress, especially long term, Mm -hmm. it really does wonders on your body. Um, But being able to reflect on that time is also a great tool for you to keep in your back pocket. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. And especially seeing where you're at today and seeing the big difference. It's crazy. If you knew me like three years ago, I was so toxic. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was. I was crazy. Um, Or even in high school. And we were talking about this the other day when I was on birth control, which we are going to talk about. um, I was literally psychotic. And anyone listening to this, I know that there's people who knew me in high school who listen to this every single week. And they know, they can attest to how actually psychotic I was. And it's because of my hormones. And because I was just like, it was just messing with my entire life. but now, like, I'm not on any medication. I'm not on any birth control. I just live, like, a, I guess, natural medication-free life. And that's not to say that people shouldn't take medication and they shouldn't take birth control. I need to say that. Um, if it works for you, then by all means. But for me, it was, like, not until I completely detoxed off of that. And it took years for me to stop feeling the effects of birth control because I was only on it for a year. But it still took like quite a long time and I've taken plan B and I've taken, you know, those other hormonal things, which also kind of kept the whatever up, those symptoms up. Um, But now I'm like a long way out of it and a long way out of like the chronic stress that I was living in. So um, yeah, it is crazy to look back at where I was. I wish that you knew me back then (laughs) because it's crazy. I sometimes have people reach out to me like, um, 
in one of our episodes, I can't remember which one, someone from high school had reached out being like, it's so therapeutic for me to listen to this episode and listen to how much you've grown because you were so terrible in high school to me. (laughs) (laughs) And it makes me feel good to know that you've grown. And that was like really hard for me to hear. Um, But I was like, yeah, that's what... uh you know, <laughs> therapy will do for you and um, figuring out your hormones because my hormones were a huge part in why I was just so, I was up and down all the time. Yeah, like, and you know what, I'm happy you brought up therapy because cycle tracking is just one piece of the puzzle. And with that, sometimes there's a lot more at play. So mm-hmm. cycle tracking helps give you insight. So you could be somebody who maybe only two days out of the month, get really kind of agitated and have a very short fuse. That's me. Or or you could be somebody who is constantly that way. So being able to cycle track can also allow you to figure out, okay, these are the two days that maybe I should make an effort to have Mm -hmm. a little bit more patience. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I'll just tell my partner, hey, I'm on day 22. (laughs) Day 22 is about to kind of ruin your life. And from there, everyone in the household can know day 22, back off. Let's mark it on the calendar. That's how I am. I'm only, I would say the day before my period actually starts, you cannot be around me. You cannot talk to me. Not so much like, like if I'm at work and it happens, it's fine. I'm a little bit more angry inside, but I'll never show it outside. But Paulo and my family, they're like, what is wrong with you? Like, I'll just snap like out of nowhere. And I'm really good now at like coming back and saying like, I'm so sorry. I'm just, it's the day before my period. And I'm just like crazy right now. Um, But you really can't control it. And that I often say like, I understand why. Like sometimes you hear about women getting like acquitted from like murder charges because they were on their periods. I understand (laughs) because I don't feel like I can control it sometimes. It's just so like the other day, obviously I'm open about the fact that I'm on my period. And the day before my period started, I realized that Taylor Swift is not coming to Canada. Balled my eyes out. And then like 10 minutes later, I'm like screaming at Paulo for something. And Paulo's like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I'm like, you you know what? You're right. I'm just going to go take some time and chill and like calm down. Um, but you truly can't be around me. And you can't like, Paulo can't anyways. Like he can't do anything right. So it's best to just leave me be and let me like do my own thing. Partners are always, yeah, in the line of fire because they're they're always there, right? So yeah. if there's one person you're going to lash out on, it's definitely mm. your partner. Um, but now he's really good at understanding, like, that I'm not like that all the time. I always come back and apologize, and that means a lot to him. So, um, And it's only, like, one to two days max a month. So if it was every day, like, I used to be like that every day when I was on birth control. Um <laughs> um yeah that would be different but that's how I used to be every day anyways go on um no I was just gonna like we're basically talking about the luteal phase right now so um what is the luteal phase what does that mean your what's happening here is that your hormones are getting ready to have a period so it's either you go into a luteal phase or you've conceived in your ovulation period right. and so then it's before your period yeah luteal. so it's between day so you can say essentially your ovulation is really only a two-day phase so 
if we're going off a 28 day cycle again, you could say like day 16 to day 20, um, 22, depending on how long your menstrual cycle is. And that's your luteal phase. And this is when you're going to get, and so progesterone is increasing. So this is um, also the hormone that spikes up during your first trimester because it helps um, produce the first, you know, 12 weeks of the baby before the placenta takes over. So when pregnant people feel really tired, it's because of progesterone. So I don't know if anyone's ever been around a pregnant person during their first trimester, but they're like, you can sleep so much. You're just so tired. You're so drained. Um, This is when constipation is the highest as well. Like think of whatever a slug is literally (laughs) what progesterone is. It's just this slow moving hormone. So that short fuse comes from that as well. And what we can do to kind of support that is, well, A, cycle tracking and being mindful of it. And then B, you could incorporate foods like that have high B vitamins in them. So like nuts, dark leafy greens, nutritional yeast is really wonderful. What is nutritional yeast? I keep seeing it all over TikTok. Uh, it's, it's just like a spring thing that you sprinkle it, on everything. Yeah. So a lot does of people taste? use it for vegan cheese. Oh, does it taste like anything? Yeah, it tastes like cheese. I really enjoy it. Huh. Maybe I'll try it out. It's really good, especially if you put it on like kale, like kale chips. Kale. That would be the best snack in your <laughs> luteal phase. Disgusting. <laughs> so yeah, B vitamins are really good for mood support. So ah. if you're looking for that mood support in your luteal phase, look for B vitamin rich foods. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Put and that then, in my back pocket. Yeah, and then fiber rich food, right? Because yes. you want to like, you want to go at least once a day to get rid of all those right hormones in, that are in excess in your it's body it's funny that you mentioned that that hormone kind of brings on constipation too because i do notice once i started like listening to my body and like actually noticing things i noticed that right before my period i get very constipated so i need to obviously add fiber yeah <laughs> more fiber and then that's a whole other thing so if you're not having a proper bowel movement so essentially what what's happening is your liver detoxes all the excess hormones so when you look at a calendar there's about four hormones that kind of go up and down in various phases and any excess of those hormones can lead to pms symptoms so your luteal phase is where those pms symptoms will appear most of the time and if they go well into your um menstrual cycle so your day one to day five let's say or if they start when you're ovulating this is something you need to look at because maybe you're not supporting enough progesterone or maybe your estrogen isn't going down enough. So having a proper bowel movement is also going to contribute to the proper detoxification of your hormones, essentially. Right. right. Hmm. So yeah, there's there's definitely lots to think about. Everything is connected. It's like that TikTok sound. I feel like I'm like a walking ad for TikTok. <laughs> like if you don't know, I spend 12 hours a day on TikTok. <laughs> But it is. It's like that sound where it's like everything is always connected. But it really is with like our hormones and our physical health. And I notice that when my hormones like are off, because I notice that when I'm really stressed out, my hormones get messed up. And then my entire life gets messed up. My bowel movements, my sleep, everything. It's like my entire life is connected to my hormones. But I feel like people don't talk about that. But I also feel like part of that is we are compared to like men 
a lot of the time too or people who don't menstruate and who don't have a cycle and we're expected to do the same things that they do but we don't work the same way that they work yeah like we essentially live in a world that grew up in a 24-hour clock so the structure is for those people who have a 24-hour clock so no wonder we are so disadvantaged (laughs) yeah I tell Paul of that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because if we had it our way, you would most likely be, you know, working for two weeks straight because you can kind of do that when you're in your follicular and your ovulation phase and then kind of trickle down in your luteal phase, maybe go like two to three days a week. And then from your menstruation, ideally, those are your days off. Hmm. And you'll see if you start noticing these phases you'll see that you're more active and like i post more on social media in my follicular my ovulatory phase and i remember telling my sister-in-law this i said if ever you see me posting a lot on instagram know that i'm ovulating <laughs> or I'm it is to true be. you do go through phases where it's like you don't post anything and it's like i i get on tiktok one day and it's just like you 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 yeah i love it i always like them but Um, I think it's funny because I'm the same way I post like I didn't post anything for like a month and then all of a sudden I just was like oh and yeah I've been posting like crazy and I just yeah that's I feel like yeah people need to be more educated on your hormones and how it actually affects your body Um, and when you start to like figure your own body out and what works for you and what your body wants and what your body needs like each phase of your cycle your whole life starts to get better I feel like I'm happier I'm and I don't even do a lot of it I don't like eat for my hormones necessarily I don't cycle track I don't seed cycle I don't do any of that kind of stuff Um, but I listen to my body I track my cycle for the most part um, and I listen to what my body needs and I've spent a lot of time like editing my diet editing my sleep and just like really making sure that I'm not um, under a lot of stress so that my hormones aren't constantly fluctuating. Um, and it wasn't until I did that that I actually started noticing that my therapy started helping and my life started to actually improve. But I feel like so many people are just living in like, they're not eating very well, they're not sleeping very well, they're in constant stress, so no wonder their hormones are all over the place. Um, so how are you supposed to get better or like how is your life supposed to improve if, if those things aren't happening for you? But it's also hard to get out of that and not saying that it's just like oh you're in a constant state of stress we'll get out of it yeah. <laughs> why don't you just walk away because it doesn't happen like that I get that it took me years to get out of that cycle um like I lived in it my whole life um just chaos and stress and not until the last two years that I've been out of that so um I have empathy for people that are in that state but also you can take some initiative to get out of it or take steps to at least support yourself in other ways that you can kind of control if that makes sense yeah the first step is really just you know plugging your period in there mm-hmm. on whichever app you want to do um if i'm feeling extra motivated which is really only in my follicular <laughs> and ovulatory phase um i'll open up my notes app and i'll write you know day 11 feeling good hunger levels are um, increased and uh, 
yeah, whatever else slept okay. I know some people do experience some sort of insomnia when they about they start their period. So all of these things are just part of your premenstrual uh, symptoms. So that number one step of just tracking how many days, even if your period is irregular, the app starts to, if you end up using an app, it really starts to just understand what your cycle is like. And if you do it for three months even, it'll show, you know, when you're ovulating and then using your app as a reference, you can look at your actual discharge and you'll notice your, I don't know how many people are comfortable doing that. We talk about everything on this podcast. Okay. We've already talked about <laughs> bleeding. We've already talked about <laughs> bowel movements and now we're talking about discharge, but that's important because I also feel like I figured all of this stuff out completely on my own just by noticing that it was different yeah. during different times of the month. And that's how I know I'm ovulating when my discharge is different. Yeah. Um, but pe- we don't talk about it enough. And that's, I think, the whole point of this podcast is to talk about the things that people don't talk about. Because had someone explained that to me, had my sex education been actually something I needed to know instead of just how to please the man. <laughs> Amen. Then I would know this stuff, but we don't teach this in elementary school in sex ed as much i mean maybe they do now but not at all when i was it was just like oh this is your period and you might feel angry and have cramps (laughs) and don't have sex (laughs) yes and if you do have want to have sex this is how it works (laughs) and this is how a penis works and you need birth control and you need condoms yeah yeah all times exactly yes get on birth control i know like that's what my mom pushed that on me um from a very young age because that's what she grew up thinking was the only way was birth control get on the pill when you start having sex get on the pill and I didn't have sex till I was married and like that's obvious but I got on the pill because my periods were so heavy which is another reason people Mm -hmm. think they need to be on the pill and my friends often say like if I get off the pill my periods will be fucked up um and they will be but they'll get better and I think that like again, we don't talk about it enough. Like birth control is not the solution to a heavy period. (laughs) Yeah. There's definitely some places in the, you know, Western medical world where birth control has its place, um, for various symptoms. Like sometimes, you know, birth control might be the only method that some people want to go because, so for example, if we think about endometriosis, it's just really bad, debilitating pain it could be regular and they're little lesions on your uterus so in order to kind of regulate that sometimes birth control is a little bit better however it's really good to look at all your options because so i have um dysmenorrhea which is essentially just a very painful period for the first one to two days there's different types of um dysmenorrhea but so i remember i was talking to my gynecologist and I was, I was like, Hey, just so you know, I still have really debilitating periods. And, uh, we had already done an ultrasound to see if I had endo or if anything was going on. And what happens is they could really be hairline fractures that you can't really see through ultrasounds. But essentially the conversation was, you don't have endo, you're fine. And within the same, (laughs) within the same conversation, it, I, I said, I'd like to also get tested for fertility for my husband and I, because we want to try and have kids and I just want to make sure everything's Gucci. Mm -hmm. And uh, she still ended up telling me that I can go on an IUD after I had already told her that within 
that year we'd like to start trying and i was taken aback however when i look at the conversation you know this is what they learn like this is what gynecologists learn like i learned holistic nutrition they learn you know gynecology yeah so we have to be forgiving in that space however when people are forgiving (laughs) at all (laughs) when people trying my best i'm growing okay (laughs) yeah i think it's just this reflection because we're constantly reflecting on western medicine in my program because mm-hmm. obviously I'm studying holistic nutrition. So we look at all the holistic approaches and then we compare it to Western medicine. And in everything that we go through, it's essentially, so naturopaths are our profs and we talk about what happens when you're looking at it from a more traditional standpoint and then you're looking at it from a Western medicine standpoint. And when you're in med school, what they tell us as patients is what they learned. Mm-hmm. So I'm not angry with doctors. I'm more so angry with like the medical field in itself and what they teach doctors and what doctors know. Cause I know that they, they're doing their best and they're trying to help us. I don't think that they're out there trying to take us down <laughs> like other parts of the world. Um, but I don't think that they're really learning, like you said, from that natural perspective or the traditional perspective they're learning from the western perspective which is not in favor of people who menstruate i feel or like women in general like i feel like a lot of it is just how do we help men succeed (laughs) yeah yeah you can you can easily (laughs) say something like that and it's tough because as menstruating people and people who have been you know um kind of put second in the system it's easy for us to sit back and and witness this like we had Mm -hmm. a conversation in my nutrition class and it's a really thought-provoking class and one of the students was talking about how she's constantly having to tell clients and men that surround her that hot dogs are carcinogens yeah and she was like i can't believe i actually have to stand here and and prove my point to these people because if i were a man no one I would wouldn't have to. Yeah. 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 That's the thing. And I have a phenomenal family doctor. She's lovely. Um, but again, she can only speak to what she's been taught. So when I went in, I don't know when, like a few months ago, I was working a very stressful job in child welfare. And I know that when I am under that level of stress, my entire life starts to crumble because my hormones aren't being fully supported. Like the only way that I thrive is if I'm not stressed out, I eat well and I sleep and, you know, I'm just calm, cool, and collected in every area of my life. That is the only way that I thrive. If one of those things falls like to the wayside, I start to completely crumble from within. So when I was under this stress, I wasn't sleeping, wasn't eating well, whatever, all of those things go together. Um, But when I went in to say, I think I need like my hormones tested, I want to like figure out what this is. She's like, "Um, I believe you is what she said. And I trust that like, you know your body best, but at the end of the day, if nothing shows up in testing, it's your anxiety. And I get so triggered when people say it's just your anxiety because it's not. I'm not like a super anxious person. And I was thinking about this last night. Like when I start to feel anxiety in my chest and I start to feel like every night I can't sleep because I feel like something's sitting on my chest, that's not normal for me. I don't, I'm not in like, I am not anxiety. Like 
I, I'm just struggling with anxiety and there's a reason for it. So my physical health is not a result of my anxiety. My anxiety is a result of something that's going on. Mm-hmm. And for someone to say like, okay, at the end of the day, if nothing's showing up in the testing, we can just pin it on your anxiety because anxiety is just, I don't know. So that's what we're going to pin it on. Basically, it's them saying, we don't really know. So we'll just say it's anxiety. Sometimes it is anxiety. And I know that, you know, my anxiety does cause physical symptoms sometimes, but my anxiety always stems from something. Like, you know what I mean? A hundred percent. And this is why it's so important to look at other options, whether you're Mm -hmm. going on birth control or you're looking for, you know, extra support emotionally, mentally, physically, you know, go to the Western doctor, maybe go see a holistic nutritionist, Mm -hmm. go see a naturopath, go see all these other avenues before making your final decision Mm -hmm. because one will resonate with you. And coming back to the anxiety piece, like there's a class of PMS that's for anxiety. Like these people are known to get anxiety when they're during their PMS. So this is your luteal phase and this is your menstrual phase. Um, And there are other types of PMS, but you can kind of classify them like this. However, in Western medicine, they don't classify it this way. And same thing. So they'll check for a thyroid condition, but if it's anything below a thyroid, Mm -hmm. like adrenal fatigue, for example, that's not something that Western medicine tests Mm -hmm. for. So if you are feeling that type of anxious, stressful, maybe you're in adrenal fatigue, but then you have to go see a naturopath for that. Which I think is crazy. I wish that all medical doctors, like Western medical doctors, should have that training and should be knowledgeable in like, okay, if you're going to get this test, like this is the number that has to be for something to be wrong. And if you're at that number, then everything's fine. Mm -hmm. And that's what I struggle with is like, okay, but I'm at the very low end of this number. So obviously something's wrong. If you're saying like this number is ideal, but you're like a little bit below, but that's still normal. Like, no, it's not super normal. And obviously I'm feeling like physical effects from it. So why don't we do more testing? But because it's in that ratio or whatever, it's fine. It's fine. You're fine. (laughs) I'm very passionate about this, but it just makes me angry, I think. And I think it's great that you have that awareness too, because not not a lot of people will second guess their their medical doctor. And Mm -hmm. you know what? Like I'm We're just trained to trust. Yeah. And that's what I don't like. And the lower end happens very often, you know? Mm -hmm. So you're supposed to be within a range, Mm -hmm. but you're on the lower end. Everything's okay. Well, and look at all of the things that we use every day that affect our hormones negatively. So when we grow up, A, being trained to trust doctors, which we should trust them. They are trained to save our lives, but I don't necessarily trust that they're really educated in periods and hormones and like, you know, that kind of stuff, um, which is something that just is my entire life right now. So I trust that if I had a heart attack, you would be able to save me as a medical doctor. Or if I had something that was like concrete and you can figure it out just by like looking at me and doing a couple tests and whatever, there's like, do you know what I mean? I don't know what I'm trying to say, but with my hormones, I don't trust it because they're not trained like as much as other people are in that area. Um, and then we look at like the things that we use every day that affect our hormones negatively, like laundry detergent or dryer sheets or like those Febreze things that you plug into the wall or whatever. And once I started learning about that stuff, which is a whole other episode, <laughs> um, of course, like we're going to struggle. But then we go to these doctors and trust that they're going to be able to help. Like we shouldn't have to 
fight as much as we have to fight. But anyways, that's my that's my one rant for the episode. <laughs> I don't even remember why I started talking about that, but yeah. Yeah, like at the end of the day, I think it was the birth control conversation. If you're going to if you're going to look at getting onto birth control for various menstrual syndromes or, you know, PCOS or endo, whatever it may be, maybe do your research about it, you know, mm-hmm. maybe see if there's alternate alternative options. See, and- you're so professional about it where I'm just, I mean, you have to be, I feel, <laughs> but I'm just like, do not take birth control. <laughs> no, if it works for you and you want to keep using it, by all means. And it's the same thing I say in every episode. If it works for you and that's what you want to do and you've done your research, by all means, do whatever you want. But you also should be aware of the side effects. You should be aware of the like the blood clot risk and the stroke risk and like the cancer risk and all of these things that they don't tell you. They're supposed to tell yeah. you, but they don't. When I was on birth control, there was no discussion about side effects yeah. or long-term like you, you really shouldn't be on birth control for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't get told that. I have friends that have been on it since they were 15 years old. They're now 27, 30. And I'm like, oh, you should probably get off of that. (laughs) So this is interesting too. So essentially the like sex freedom revolution started because of birth control, Mm -hmm. right? Like people who menstruate couldn't be as free as they were with their lifestyle because there wasn't a form of contraceptive. Mm -hmm. So when birth control came out, it was this huge revolution and essentially because it's such a new method there hasn't been any studies on what the long-term effects are of suppressing ovulation for a long-term um period i think if you even just think about like any part of your life that you're suppressing for whatever reason like we talk about therapy a lot i talk about therapy a lot i guess um and when you suppress your emotions for a long period of time, what happens? What happened to me? I exploded one day and I sabotaged my entire life and everybody around me. I sabotaged that relationship because there comes a point where I could not handle it anymore. And I just had all of these things that I was suppressing that came to the surface. So very similar with suppressing ovulation. Like, is that healthy? Like, you have to think about that. Like, is it healthy to be suppressing a part of you that is so natural and that is meant to like help you and meant to like, that's just what is supposed to happen in your body. But yet we are suppressing it for 10, 20 years. It's crazy to me. And we should be talking about that a little bit more than we are. Yeah. And there's definitely studies coming out. Um, The difficult thing is that there's always been studies on people with a 24 hour hormone clock because it's a lot easier and it's a lot cheaper. Mm -hmm. Um, Story of our lives. (laughs) So, so to do with people who cycle, you know, month by month, it becomes more expensive and it's, yeah, so it's, it's just starting. But tell me that we're equal to men. (laughs) Tell me. (laughs) So if you're ever looking to kind of learn more about the birth control that you're on, there are really simple monographs to read online. So you just plug in the pharmaceutical, um, name or you plug in the the brand and just type monograph on google and you'll find that there's a lot of good like one to two pages a very clear easy to read like side effects contraindications and this is good too because you can cross-reference any meds that you're taking and personally for me 
the one of the scariest things is the risk for cardiovascular disease like mm-hmm. you mentioned and how you shouldn't smoke but when you start birth control often you're a teen who's experimenting mm-hmm. and trying all these things and this is when you know you're probably going to start smoking or vaping yeah. now yeah um so it's just really good to see what you're taking does it affect you when you vape too is it like the nicotine that it can affect so when you read it, it's like um, I think about do- all the teenagers now, or all my friends who are on birth control who vape like regularly. Yeah, yeah. But I never thought I always just thought like smoking a cigarette, but because vaping, vaping is is tobacco, nicotine. Vaping is nicotine, I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you'd have to see if you know what the what your monograph says if it says smoking or if it says nicotine. I don't know how many of them would be updated to the the vaping world. The woke world. (laughs) So that I don't know, but I would easily assume, you know, you're inhaling toxins that are going into your lungs. Vaping is not good for you. So (laughs) you should probably do it, not do it regardless of whether or not you're on birth control. And then there's the whole conversation of, like my husband and I have talked about this and it's like, are our kids going to be on birth control? Yeah. You know? And I, I would prefer not to. I would prefer to give them the empowerment to track their cycle and to really mm-hmm. understand in that we would have that open and honest conversation. And I would track their cycle as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and practice safe sex that way because you can only really get p- pregnant when you're ovulating. Like the whole point yeah. of a period is so you can ovulate and then so you can get pregnant. Mm-hmm. So – I would like to empower them this way. However, if I have a, a teenager that's like me, like yeah. how I was <laughs> when I was a teen, I would be like, get on yeah. birth control. Same, same. So, but I feel like if you have that teen that's like comfortable with you and unlike us as teenagers, yeah. I would rather die than talk to my parents about that. I'm just going to experiment and do my own thing. Um, I mean, good thing I was too scared to actually have sex in my teenage years. Otherwise, I probably would be pregnant because I wouldn't have told my mom. Um, But yeah, I was the same way. I was just like, F the world and I know best and I would have gotten pregnant probably. Um, Yeah, I can empathize with that. Like my Mm -hmm. kids, if they're anything like me, they will be definitely on birth control (laughs) regardless of the health effects. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then if there is that open and honest communication and, you know, there's um, the fertility awareness method, which essentially goes step by step on how to track your period and how to move through it with birth control or without birth control, sorry, and really just emphasizes on when you're ovulating, you can get pregnant. When you're not ovulating, you can't. However, keeping in mind that you want those kind of six days where you could be ovulating on day 12, 14, or 16, like previously mentioned in a 28-day cycle. And also keeping in mind that sperm can stay alive for up to 72 hours. Crazy. So, you know, if there's pre-cum or ejaculation inside of you and you're not ovulating, that egg can still drop within the next couple coming days. And then, like, there could be fertilization that's happening. So, like, it, it takes a lot to, to make a baby. Yeah. And this is also, you know, if you're trying to conceive it's really important to cycle track so you can know those days and you're you're not wasting all this energy because it's Mm -hmm. such a short window Mm -hmm. that people become very discouraged if they don't get pregnant right away. However, there's only three days out of the month really that you could get pregnant. And if you miss that window or if you don't know when you ovulate, then it's on to the next month. Mm -hmm. So that's why they say, you know, to wait about six months to a year before seeking 
any alternative options yeah. because it does take a really long time. And a lot of planning and a lot of work. And Yeah. And like fertility planning, like you want to make sure you're eating dark leafy greens, a lot mm -hmm. of fiber. You want to make sure that, you know, you're getting your hormones checked too, mm -hmm. because if you don't have the proper hormones to sustain a pregnancy, like the, the risk of miscarriage and um, stillbirth is a lot higher. So doing all the proper preparations to get pregnant when you're planning for it is the best way to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just to finish off and kind of circling back, what really started growing my interest in cycle tracking is of course, holistic nutrition, but yoga teaching. And when I was doing my pre and postnatal yoga teacher training, I had a mentor meeting and, um, her name is star shout out to star star told me if i can encourage menstruating people to do one thing it's to track their cycle because only when you start tracking your cycle does it truly allow you to step into your power right and i agree with that mm -hmm. that's so true because when you're on your period i feel is when you're the most powerful spiritually too um and I, that's not something i've talked about on this podcast i'm like a, also i would call myself a very spiritual person and once i started noticing like and this is a whole different episode but i think truly this is kind of a little bit of, of a conspiracy that we can kind of dabble in a little bit i think that the reason that like a lot of the western medicine and like I guess the teachings and the lack of knowledge and education on how powerful you are when you're menstruating and like, like the spiritual aspect of it. I feel like that is kind of why we see that lack of education and the push for birth control and the push for like all of these things, not the push for birth control per se, but the lack of like male birth control out there. Like why can't men take male birth control? You know what I mean? Maybe because some people out there realize that we are actually very powerful when we are bleeding. And that is something that we will save for another episode. But it is the time where you're the most powerful. So, yeah. and I feel the most powerful when I often say, like, when I'm actually on my period, I feel like I could take on the world. Like, I'm exhausted, but I feel like, my, like I'm complete. And I don't know how to explain that, but I kind of feel whole. A hundred percent. I could be having the worst cramps of my life, which I don't usually get cramps, but every now and then when I'm stressed, I will. Um, I feel like at this is, I'm, I'm so happy and I'm so like, I feel comforted. I feel powerful. I feel like a whole person. Yeah. And that's a really weird feeling. I don't know if anyone else has experienced that, but it's weird for me. It's really empowering when you're going about life and you're bleeding and you're like, I'm doing everything anyone else can do while bleeding mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. i'm full-on doing this and i'm literally gushing blood yeah you know it's crazy to think that we do that yeah and we just kind of or like when i have a cold i get up and i go to work and i think it's because we have had to adapt our lives to do everything while we're on our periods and while we're bleeding so like of course when i have a cold or when i'm sick like it's just natural for us to get up and still do our day-to-day -day things mm -hmm. whereas men or people who don't have a period I feel or who have never experienced a period that's why maybe we have the man cold because they don't have that same experience of like you can't really just stop and take some time off <laughs> yeah which we should be able to so let's implement those 
three to five days off every month. <laughs> and we essentially have to give ourselves permission to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one of the biggest saving grace were was to sit there and say, I'm on my period right now. Mm-hmm. I'm giving myself the ability to just yeah. chill. And that's where I love your TikToks when you share like, I'm on my period, so I am taking some time to rest, or this is the yoga that I practice when I'm when I'm bleeding and things mm-hmm. like that. Because I find that when you say like, oh, I'm on my period, I don't want to do that, it's so stigmatized where it's like, it shouldn't be. It should be like, yeah, girl, you take that time for yourself because, but people who don't have a period don't understand that or who don't, sorry, who have never had a period don't understand that. Um, And I feel like we need to talk about it more and we need to normalize like taking that time for yourself and understanding what you need. Some people like whatever, if you feel perfectly fine on your period, go out and do whatever you want to do. But if you do feel like you need time to chill, then take it and let that be normal and fine. But it's not. Yeah. Like it's not normal and fine Mm -hmm. to a lot of people. Yeah. I'm really lucky to be in a in a household and in a relationship where I've set that standard. Mm-hmm. So don't expect for anything <laughs> from me from day one and day two. I feel like I've set that standard as well, but I do think that he he's grown up in a very Western world. So he like yeah. has that mindset of, well, why can't you just like get up and do something? I'm like, because I'm exhausted. <laughs> and you don't get it because you've never felt this feeling before and mm-hmm. I can't I can't like um fault him for that for yeah. not knowing what it feels like but it's so hard to try yeah. and explain it but yeah. good for you for setting that boundary so um yeah I guess all of this to say you know this was just a little sneak peek of everything I'm into what's to come at Align Wellness and in yeah your life yeah, like uh, with holistic nutrition, really focusing on that reproductive health, um, seeing more clients that want to focus on the four phases and how we can support that nutritionally. And then also just looking at it on a broader scale to see, you know, how long's your follicular phase? How long's your luteal phase? So mm-hmm. um, I haven't had any clients of that sort yet, but I'm definitely hoping to in the future. And then um, yeah, we've got a really cool cycle tracking and syncing workshop happening at Align on May 3rd from 6 to 8 p.m. So that's going to kind of be a deep dive into what your cycle is. We can look at that together, how everyone can support the four phases nutritionally through exercise mm-hmm. as well, what we're looking for, what you should be expecting and kind of the goal of each phase because there are goals you know you're going through these phases for specific reasons and then you'll walk away with a four week meal plan that is support those four phases yeah and if you think about it if you're sitting there being like oh i don't want to spend money on a workshop to teach me about my period you're obviously if you reach this point in the episode you've listened to 65 minutes (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's without edits but like 60 minutes we'll say of us talking about our periods and like cycle tracking and i'm sure people are going to message and say oh my god i never knew that like that's so interesting whatever this is just the tip of the iceberg so if you think you don't want to spend money on like learning about your cycle or you don't think that you need to know anything else like you do (laughs) um because like i said this is the tip of the iceberg and like we only got into a little bit of it here but that workshop is gonna like be really in depth and cover like a lot of what you need to know and how you can move forward and like how you can best support your body during different phases which we did touch on a little bit but it's gonna be a lot more in depth so yeah um, 
if you're curious, you should definitely check it out. It's all individualized. So, you know, we really have to look at it from a case by case basis and approach it that way. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, we do have some questions. Okay. I did post the question box like last night, so we didn't get a lot of questions. <laughs> um, but also like as the episode airs, I'm sure people will reach out with questions. Um, and then maybe I will just reach out to you and yeah, or something. Hell we'll yeah. figure it out. But um, one question that we did have, we did answer it, the ovulation question. Um, so if you're listening to this and you missed that part, like sometimes I zone out when I listen to podcasts. We did answer it earlier in the episode about like when you ovulate and when you can get pregnant and, mm-hmm. you know, when's the safest time to have sex kind of thing. Um, and then just to touch on that, like essentially what you're looking for is how long your cycle is count the days, the middle days of that. And then once you're in those days, look at your discharge and you want it to be like a egg white consistency. And if you're playing with it, or you're mm-hmm. touching it, it's sticky, but it's not wet. This is, you know, so n- normal for me because yeah. I, well, yeah. it's normal I, for me too, yeah. but I know people like the men, there's a couple of men that listen to this and they're going to, they probably aren't even at this point by now, <laughs> but if you are, they're probably like, you guys touch your yeah we We do you have to it's normal yeah and then like people will do the temperature tracking however it's really really finicky so just by starting with those two steps is huge Mm -hmm. for knowing when you ovulate yeah Um, i know when i ovulate partly because i started tracking my period and then i started noticing the changes in my body and my discharge and whatever um but now i'm at the point where like i can feel it i can feel when i ovulate like i I, it's like a little like I don't know how to explain it like a little pinch kind of thing yeah. and I can feel when it happens because I know that in the next couple of days I'm going to be ovulating so I'm watching for it mm-hmm. and I can just feel it and I think that's a really weird thing to be able to feel and I know it's ovulation because it happens at the same time every month yeah um and I know like it's like one to two days I feel like kind of it's not every day, like the same day every month. Um, but when I'm watching for it, I'm like, ooh, like it, it's so cool. But it's empowering <laughs> yeah. that I know that much about my body. Yeah. Um, yeah. So cool. And then second question um, was about plan B. Right. Couple questions about plan B. What is it? Um, what does it do? We've both taken plan b mm-hmm. which i actually should have asked you if i could say that yeah um i've taken it like once or twice maybe maybe three times i don't know a couple times mm-hmm. a couple times um and both times it fucked with my head um and so what is it what does it do how safe is it which we can't really get into like medical advice obviously because yeah. we're not doctors um but like when should you take it how often can you take it kind of thing that's what the question was we can't say how often to take it because we don't really know because we're not doctors and once Um, again it kind of falls into that birth control bracket where mm -hmm. you know there hasn't been enough studies to see what it what it does to suppress your ovulation for multiple cycles and essentially that's what it does so it's a synthetic uh hormone is it an abortion pill so it's like the morning after pill. Right. But some people will say like, if so you take, it could, like in the States right now with everything that's going on with the yeah. abortion, people are like, just take plan B, but that's not at all what it is. So it could keep the egg from fertilizing. Yeah. But if you're already pregnant, it doesn't. Yeah. Like do it works anything. on a 24 hour 
basis. So, yeah, yeah, like it really depends kind of where you're at, if the egg's fertilized or if it's not. And the egg can be very unstable. So for some people it could work and then for others it could not. Mm -hmm. And the other thing too to consider is body weight. So there's a weight limit to one plan B. So if you're over, and I don't know the exact weight, but for example, let's say you're, you know, 140 or more, that plan B might be significantly less effective than somebody who's 110 pounds per se. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's an actual weight associated to on the packaging, but that is, okay. because I remember reading it because I was too scared to take it the first time Mm -hmm. because I knew it was going to mess with my head because it's hormones. Yeah. Um, And there is a weight limit. It says if you're over this weight, like it's not going to be effective. And I I don't know what else it says, but it definitely mentions. Yeah. That, so that's which th- I think is important to know because not a lot of people read the package, which mm-hmm. this is a disclaimer. Always read the fucking package. <laughs> no matter what you're taking, read the package. Yeah. Um, because you need to know like what medications it might um, affect, mm-hmm. what it's gonna do to you, side effects. You need to be aware. Like I was very sick after I took it the first time. Um, but the second time I was a little bit more prepared for it. I feel like I did a lot more before I took it to kind of mm-hmm. help my body. But the first time I was like empty stomach, like whatever. And I just like raw dog life. Yeah. And I was like, I don't care. It'll be fine. But I got really sick from it. So, And so essentially what it'll do is it prevents ovulation. So if you have sex and you're in your ovulation phase or you don't track, maybe it's best if you don't track and you really don't know where you are, this is when it's probably best that you do end up taking it Mm -hmm. um if you're feeling that gut feeling you know as menstruating people we're super intuitive we know exactly what's going on we know what's right what feels wrong so if you're feeling like maybe you should take plan b then yeah of course go go ahead and take it just know that what it's essentially doing is it's suppressing your ovulation however if your egg has dropped and is ready to be fertilized and you take plan b after it may not work because that process is already beginning. Like once the egg is starting to move through the tube and actually ends up in the uterus, there can't you can't plop the egg back in. Like the, like the, the sperm is ready to go. It's not the like you take the plan B and it grows arms and places the egg back inside. Yeah, yeah. Like there's <laughs> nothing you I can do. <laughs> Seriously. So, and then, and then that comes with its own problems because now like you have a fertilized egg and you're taking plan B, which I feel is maybe dangerous for that. You could definitely miscarry. Um, It could be an early stage miscarriage. However, it's going to be different for every person. Once Mm -hmm. again, weight depending. And some people just have wicked hormones that can support a pregnancy no matter what, whereas Mm -hmm. some don't and these are all lifestyle factors that you have to look into right um so this once again comes back to the importance of cycle tracking and you know if you know you're about to have sex and you're ovulating and hell yeah take plan b Mm -hmm. but if you're you know within if you're menstruating then the rate of getting pregnant is extremely low Mm -hmm. and then your luteal phase as well and then moving in your follicular phase your follicular phase and your ovulatory phase phases are essentially your i gotta be careful phases yeah I think basically it comes back to knowing your body, knowing your cycle. And if you know your cycle and you know your body, the chance of you having to take plan B is slim to none, unless you're in that yeah. ovulatory phase. Um, 
And like, if for me, somebody... I know I don't have to take it certain times of the month. Like I feel confident, like, and I knock on wood, haven't gotten accidentally pregnant yet. Yeah. Um, and some people are like, <laughs> well, maybe know. you just can't have children. I'm like, maybe, but I mean, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. For now it's working. We'll say. I definitely had that thought. And then we had an oopsie and I was like, oh, but, I'm fertile. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fertile. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and that just goes to show, you know, that how diligent you can be with cycle tracking mm-hmm. and then, yeah, you could do it. You could be so good at it. And then only when you decide, Hey, we're going to get pregnant and you have sex once when you're mm-hmm. ovulating, you're like, Oh my God, it's literally yeah. just because there wasn't like a full ejaculation within mm-hmm. me when I'm ovulating. Mm-hmm. Like the conditions have to be like, it is actually very hard yes. to get pregnant. The conditions have to be perfect. Yeah. I remember I can't remember why I was looking into this. I think maybe when I started having sex and I was like worried I was going to get pregnant because I wasn't on birth control. Um, It's funny that I was on birth control when I had no desire to have sex. But yeah, when I have desire to have sex, I'm like, it's not an option for me. Um, I started like looking into it. I remember watching a video that is like when the sperm are swimming, there's like these little hairs that kind of push them down. So and that's to kind of make sure that the best one gets Mm -hmm. all the way up there but imagine like they have to go through all of these obstacles in order to get to the egg and then once they get to the egg it has to get there at the exact right time for it to like attach to the egg like it's actually crazy once you start looking into it and no wonder people have a hard time conceiving because it's actually really hard a hundred percent and like it's not if it's not perfect conditions it's not gonna happen easy so yeah i feel yeah, and I then too. if you're under stress and you're, you know, you are not eating right or you're not sleeping or whatever, it just adds a level. Um, and I mean, some people are just extremely fertile, and it just happens like that for them. But yeah, some yeah, people are not. That or lucky. like if you're if you're stressed, like this is what happened to us, right? So we conceived, weren't really planning it, and I miscarried at six weeks because I was just a stress ball. Like I could not handle it, and. I supported too much cortisol, not enough progesterone, but this was me going into it, not testing my hormones, knowing I wasn't in a good state mentally. Mm-hmm. And then of course my body couldn't support a pregnancy because it's too busy in this fight or flight state mm-hmm. than to focus on growing a baby. Mm-hmm. So when you're coming down to it, it's like a super hard science. So yeah. if you're deciding to not get pregnant and you want to take birth control, go for it or plan B, go for it. However, Maybe if you're taking plan B, you know, a couple times a month, birth control might be a better alternative. Right. And it's cheaper as well. And you're not having to like continuously wonder like, is this working? Mm -hmm. Am I taking it at the right time? Should I be Mm -hmm. taking it? I like that you said that it's a really harm reduction focused approach of like, we're not saying don't take it and we're not saying don't take birth control, but look at your lifestyle. And if you are having to take you know, feel like you have to take plan B regularly, like birth control is probably definitely a better option because you're taking such a high dose of hormones all at once, twice a month. Whereas yeah. um, birth control would be more kind of a lower dose yeah. of hormones usually. It keeps your body extended. at a steady state essentially yeah. instead of feeling those fluctuations and well, it suppresses mm-hmm. ovulation. So you don't feel any of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you become a little bit more, for lack of better words, mundane mm-hmm. in your hormone fluctuations yeah as far as how often you can take it safely obviously we cannot answer that I would say talk to your doctor or like do your research on it yeah I mean obviously you're taking a high dose of hormones so I would say like they actually haven't set a limit 
um for testing it like if you read the studies there's no limit however it falls in the same bracket as yeah birth control you're suppressing ovulation Mm -hmm. so kind of just take that as you will yeah I wouldn't take it regularly, but that's because I know that it really affects my hormones. Whereas some of my friends like do mm-hmm. take it regularly. And although I wouldn't suggest that because you don't know what it's going to do to you, um, you can always like talk to your doctor. Mm-hmm. And hormones are a huge play, right? Like maybe mm-hmm. you have some really highs, big highs and lows. And that's why taking something like that or birth control really fucks with you. Mm-hmm. Whereas somebody who's kind of wonky, regular to begin with yeah. or if you look at the hormone fluctuations, they're a little bit less divided, then that might not affect them as much. Yeah. Like some of my friends took it no problem. And then some of my friends were like me where they had a really hard time with it. So yeah, it's just so tricky. Hormones are just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But that's it. Okay. Well, thank you for coming. Um, do you want to drop your, your at, your social media? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, what is it? Um, I don't know. Okay, it's at okay. Instagram is at a m e l i e e m c l e a n. I think it's the same for TikTok too, give or take an e. (laughs) (laughs) We'll also make a post and we'll tag you in it. So if you did not understand what you just said, you can also head to our Instagram, which I'm hoping that you follow by now. And if you don't, uh, we will cut you out. I will cut you out, and you can see us at Align. Oh, yeah. Come visit us at Align Wellness. Come to a Pilates class. Allie was nice enough to let us use her space today, although I don't know if she knows that we're, like, video recording. <laughs> Shout out to Allie. We love Allie. <laughs> um, yeah, come do a yoga class with Emily or a Pilates class with Allie or Brooklyn and come do some physio, nutrition. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. It's beautiful here. You can see. It's very lovely. The vibes are immaculate. It is. Yeah. The vibes are on point for sure. Okay, bye.